do you really want what you say you want? Because when you speak, the universe can deliver. And when you are full hell yes in that, it, you will be challenged and, and it will be delivered in a way that you did not prepare for, did not want. Mama! Welcome to Mama Has Goals, your weekly reminder that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your dreams to take on the role of mom. I'm Kelsey Smith, mom of two boys, wife, and entrepreneur who's passionate about helping other moms, current and aspiring, to reimagine mom life. I'm bringing you the resources, support, and relatability to debunk that limiting belief that you may have about your ability to achieve your goals while raising a human. We're covering everything from mom guilt, marriage, relationships, careers, finances, mental health, physical health, you name it. Your life doesn't have to fully shift once you become a mom. You can have it all, and we'll show you how. Hey, mamas. Thanks for tuning in this week to Mama Has Goals, your weekly reminder to reimagine mom life and rediscover your multifaceted self. I'm Kelsey Smith, your host, and I am so excited that you are here. I truly love bringing you all these different guests and ways for you to rethink how to navigate life and motherhood. If you're new here beyond the podcast, there are some other ways to connect with us. I go live every Monday on Instagram at Mama Has Goals. Every Tuesday, we have a community Zoom call, and then we have all sorts of other events and resources that we are gearing up for 2023 that you can find in our free phone app, which you can download from your App Store, Apple, Google, wherever you grab your apps. I know that so many moms lose themselves in motherhood and they're often not even sure when they stopped being themselves. They don't know who they are outside of the title mom. And the goal of Mama Has Goals is to help you navigate mom guilt, find the time in your schedule, pursue happiness and identity outside of your family, and do it unapologetically because you are so much more than the amazing but tiring title of mom. I cannot wait to connect with you wherever you want to connect with us. We have so much opportunity for free resources and support, all different types of topics. And these are all just tools to help you navigate life and motherhood and wherever you want to utilize these tools. And today's guest is a perfect example of that. Today, I have Tracy O'Malley, who is a highly sought after coach to individuals, entrepreneurs, couples, and professionals, and the host of Lead with the Enneagram podcast. Through her personalized Enneagram program, Tracy coaches others to leverage their natural strengths and stressors to achieve unstoppable success. Tracy doesn't have your typical highlight reel bio, which is also what makes her a remarkably gifted person at identifying your blind spots and success blocks. She is a multimillionaire entrepreneur, but she wasn't always set up for success. In fact, the odds were definitely stacked against her. Tracy has been arrested, blackout drunk, divorced with two little kids, and broke. But she had to build her life and business from rock bottom without friends, network, and family support that many people assume she had and she did not have. After reaching the top 1% of network marketers in the world, going from zero to millionaire in just 26 months, Tracy's mission shifted. Her primary focus is coaching individuals, couples, and professional corporate teams to leverage their natural strengths and stressors to achieve unstoppable success. Tracy has a unique coaching style where she uses the Enneagram framework to uncover the patterns of how you interrupt the world, navigate your emotions, and interpersonal relationships. Having Tracy give me insight on how I can communicate with myself and receive communication from others has been 
completely mind-blowing in so many different ways. The Enneagram is just another tool and another personality test for you to be a little more aware of who you are and who others are. And especially as a mom and an ambitious mom where you're navigating so many different relationships in your life, this is a really powerful tool to utilize in every different relationship whether it's with your children, your coworkers, your team members, your spouse, your partner, your parents, it allows you to see where maybe you may have blind spots and also where your superpowers are and you can really bring those in. This is such a cool conversation. And Tracy's also a millennial mom. So she gives us the insight on how she's navigated this with her children and truly how she uses this in every relationship herself. You can connect with Tracy on Instagram at Tracy underscore O'Malley and listen to her podcast, Lead with the Enneagram on Apple Podcasts and anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Of course, always give me a follow at Mama Has Goals. And let's welcome Tracy to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Tracy. I am so excited for this episode, partially personally, just because Tracy has been such a light for me in figuring out myself. I don't know if you guys can ever resonate with sitting and feeling like, oh my gosh, no one understands me or I want to come off this way, but actually people are receiving me this way and why. And you start judging yourself and judging others. And it becomes this really toxic, vicious cycle of just feeling alone and misunderstood and misunderstanding others. And as moms and ambitious moms, it's so important for us to be really clear on like who we are, but also how we can support those in our circle. And so Tracy is here with us today, and I'm super excited to dive into her journey, not just as a Enneagram specialist, but as a mom and all of the things that she has navigated throughout her life as a child, her life in motherhood, and stepping in now. So Tracy, I just thank you so much for being here. Cannot wait to dive in. And I'd love to just start with that. Talk a little bit about your journey and what brought you to where you are now, educating other moms and humans and business owners on their Enneagram. It's so funny. If you had told me this is what I would have been doing 10 years ago, I would have laughed at you. First of all, thank you for having me on. I am super passionate about speaking to moms and because I have a lot of experience as a mom, you know, my kids are in their mid-20s now. And I was a young mom too. So like I was 24 when I had them, Irish twins. And I've learned a lot over the last quarter of a century as a mom and multi-passionate, ambitious mom in of itself. So I appreciate you bringing me to your community. And I hope that if you're listening right now, this lands exactly where you need it to today. Like I said, I, I was a mom early through birthing my own. But if I'm really being honest, I've been a mom since I was about four years old. And I grew up in a household where there was dysfunction, which I'm sure many of you had. I'm a first generation personal developer. You know, the Gen X community were the first latchkey kids, were the, the first generation that was really a lot of responsibility was placed on. And, and as an Enneagram 8, man, did I thrive in that in a lot of ways. I became super independent, very resourceful, very resilient, tenacious, independent, all really, really great things on that resume of my life. It also created a big disconnect in interpersonal relationships and especially when it came to be an actual mom. But to take you back, you know, I grew up at a time that my dad was a very high-functioning alcoholic. My mom was emotionally incapable of kind of showing up. She's a beautiful, beautiful person, but emotionally 
kind of like the grade level of a fifth grader as far as that. And, you know, you have this little fireball of a daughter. It can feel very threatening and intimidating. And she let me take over from the age of four on taking care of my younger sister. I cooked meals as a four or five-year-old. I did laundry. I was left in charge of her. I mean, my neighbors, this is how independent and mothering I was as a nine-year-old. My neighbor had three boys, three and under, and they left me to babysit them overnight as a nine-year-old. So, I mean, I've always kind of been momming, but that's also where I felt strong and independent. So I, I like raise my hand and say, I'll take care of everyone. I will. Part of that was because I could help. But another part of that was that's where my ego and my worth came from being that rock and that strength. You know, I was like a surrogate spouse to my dad. I was the one he complained to about my mother, about things. I learned a lot from him, all really good. And I also learned how to read people like a book. You know, when you grow up in a a household with addiction, and emotional unavailability, you have to learn things really quickly. It's been a benefit of mine, but also, you know, I'm always skeptical of people. I'm always looking for holes in people. So it creates a lot of disconnect as well. Obviously, with that education, it's benefited me in a lot of ways. But where it really took things sideways, my trust in people, my testing people unintentionally and not even consciously sometimes. And where it really came to a head and where this whole story takes the turn is when I became a mom. Because I, I knew, like, I was like, I'm not going to do what was done to me. I'm going to do it different. I'm, I'm going to move away, 2,000 miles away and just rewrite this story. And I know we all want to do that, especially if you grew up with some tough stuff. And what happens is if you don't repair it, you repeat it. And it was when my kids were three and four where I realized that I can move as far away as I wanted to. The only thing I knew how to do was what was done and taught and told and modeled in my home. And it scared the shit out of me because I was angry. I was angry at my daughter who was four, who got a life that I didn't get to have. She was able to be this free spirit and express herself without consequence you know, and I have a son who's very sensitive and able to express his emotions. And I couldn't do any of that as a child, even though I felt all those things. It really, really, really pissed me off. And when we don't know what to do with that stuff, we project it or we, we do some things. And that was the last thing I wanted to do for my kids. So my journey into personal development actually began 23 years ago because of that. And I know if you're listening right now and you're a mom of, of any age of kids, It is the most beautiful experience being a mom. And it's also the most humbling and triggering thing that you'll ever experience in your life because it's at that moment that you realize, oh, fuck, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I only know this way and it's not the way that I want. And so what do you do? Do you humble yourself enough to say, hey, I'm screwed up and I don't know what I'm doing? No, you suffer in silence. And meanwhile, you're chipping away at you know, the very thing that you've built this life for. So that's kind of where it started 23 years ago in the personal development space. Now it took me another 12 to really outwardly say, I don't know what I'm doing. I would take a few steps forward and a few back, a few, few forward, few back. And by the time they were 14 and 15, it was all starting to come to a head. I'd made some progress, but not enough to change the course of history. And so that's where the Enneagram came into my life at a rock bottom moment by a therapist 11 years ago, I came into it kicking and screaming. I told her to go F herself when she wanted me to do this. I was like, I don't need a label. I don't want to be put in a box. I need you to just help me fix this shit. 
and she's a straight shooter like you and me. And she's like, this, this actually might help you get out of the box that you've put yourself in and the world have put you in. And also your best thinking has kind of gotten you here. So how about you open up your mind a little bit? And, you know, because I started to see in my own kids stuff being repeated that I absolutely did not want for them. And I knew the hardship they would face if they were about to repeat some of these things, you know, not just, you know, physically, but emotionally and personally and spiritually. And I didn't want that for them. And in order for us to recreate history, we have to go first. We can't just say it. Kids will do what we do, not what we say to do. I'm a perfect living example of that. And so it's why when the Enneagram was put in front of me at the time it was, I was so humbled and so ready for change for the lineage and the legacy of my family that I was willing to to learn and do and unlearn and do whatever I needed to to change history. And here we are 11 years later, and now I'm teaching this beautiful tool to individuals, families, partners, marriages, big, huge ass companies now, the, the power of understanding people. Because when you understand people, you do understand everything, not just people like you, but the people that you love, the people that you're raising, the people that you lead. So that's kind of how it all started. It's just a tool for your toolbox, right? And we should have more tools in life, in business, in motherhood. And I don't think it's fair for us to expect this, you know, ability to succeed at our highest level in life or motherhood without tools. And we're not born knowing all the tools that we should acquire. So it's up to us to go find those tools. And it's up to us to listen when those tools are given to us. And, you know, when you had come into my life, I had taken various, you know, online tests, whether it was human design or 16 personalities, Myers-Briggs, all of these things. And I think that you can get a piece to the puzzle for each of those. But there's something about the Enneagram that I find so powerful and impactful. And I think it's the most that I've personally resonated with. And I do think you're a big part of that because you've been, you've allowed me to apply the tool in a way that really makes sense to me for my own ability, but also for the people I share my life with. And I absolutely love just how we talk about what the Enneagram is. And so I'd love for those that are, this is brand new. They're like, Anna, what? What are you talking about? I'd love for you to give us just an overview on what the Enneagram is and the different ways that you can utilize and apply it in your life. Right. And I I appreciate that you said it is just a tool and it is. And I will say this though, as somebody who's been in personal development for 23 years, maybe longer than some of you have been alive, this is the number one tool I use in all areas of my life in everything. And it is the most robust and getting to the root of matters tool that I have. And it keeps me rooted in my faith, 100%. I'm a woman of faith. And sometimes, you know, our best thinking can take us off track. And this really keeps me grounded and rooted who in who I was always designed to be before life kind of kicked me in the teeth. And so I love human design. I love Myers-Briggs. I love DISC. I love astrology. I mean, damn it. My daughter is a certified astrologist. I'm obsessed with anything that really gives us some awareness, not as a permission to beat ourselves up or to excuse some behavior, but to grow. But the Enneagram, like you said, seriously, because a lot of those other ones are more behavior driven. They really, really are. And anything you can just plug in your birth date to, I'm not minimizing the power of it because it's really powerful. But there's something about when nature and nurture collides and a tool that helps with both right? Where human design and astrology and some of the other things are more like, this is who you're designed to be. But like, what about when life kicked me in the face? Like, how does that play out? 
And the Enneagram really brings nature and nurture together. And it's this beautiful diagram. And I'm just going to speak it like I know how to speak it because I think this is like you're listening about what's in this for you right now. And I want to tell you what's in it for you. I believe this. We have our intuition in our body and that's in the center of our heart and our like our whole thing. And if we are just normal humans without any life experience and any trauma and without anything, we can just operate on our nervous system and our intuition. But we so often subconsciously default out of that right away, especially if that intuition is saying some scary stuff to us. You're like, that doesn't make sense. And we're seeking evidence from the past or we're worried about the future or the things that are right in front of you. Like there's absolutely no way that's possible. And if you're somebody like me who thinks they're strong as hell and ignores what their body is telling you, you are going to go into a default center of intelligence rather than the ultimate center, which is your body and intuition, right? So that's where the Enneagram comes into play is where we go into default. And there are three centers of intelligence that the Enneagram operates within those. We use all three, right? We are in instinct. We have instincts, right? And that is in your body. Instinct is very different than intuition. Instinct is a reaction where intuition is an inner knowing. Big, big difference, right? The center of intelligence that's instinctual resides three different Enneagram types that are fixated when when we bypass our intuition and our nervous system where we are more into what's happening right now. And those are the eights, the nines, and the ones. Then we have three types that fall into the feeling or heart center of intelligence where they process things with what has happened, right, in the past. That's where they first go. And they are seeking significance first before they do anything else. In the heart center of intelligence, there's the two, three, and four. And then in the thinking center of intelligence is the five, six, and seven. And they think first, what could happen? right? And to be a a really solid critical thinker, obviously we use all three centers of intelligence, but wherever you default to in motive, in fears, and in that first thing is where your core Enneagram type falls into. And this is an archetype kind of system where it's one thing to know your type, but that's like, you don't even like, once you know that, like that's the thing you should study the least because you already do that by default. Like, So the real flex and the real glow up in using this tool of the Enneagram is understanding the framework that's connected to your core Enneagram type so you can grow and evolve. It doesn't mean your motives change or your fears change, but how you can express yourself, how you can better communicate with people who aren't like you, how you can navigate when life kicked you in the teeth a little bit differently in a way that doesn't leave a trail of wreckage in your path, right? In a way that you don't energetically bankrupt yourself. Like, hallelujah for that, so that you can operate more in your intuition on honoring a regulated nervous system and do what you were called to do. But these three centers of intelligence house the nine different Enneagram types. And if we're going to go like geeking out next level, there's three types within each type that takes you into the instinctual response to life. And that's where the nature and nurture collide. It's also where the flaw is in the Enneagram with all the other online assessments that are available to you. So it's it's just a framework. It's just a system f- to understand what motivates everything you do, what you're most afraid of, and how to most effectively move through that and communicate with others. That's the bottom line of what the Enneagram is, if you know how to use it right. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I think like anything, when you learn what motivates you and how you respond to others, you're able to communicate better with them. And as a parent, you're able to understand a little bit more about your children. And you're not probably, you know, my oldest is four. I'm probably not having my four-year-old go take the Enneagram blueprint test, right? But I am learning about the different types to recognize motives and behaviors to be able to respond in a more effective manner. And if you're able to have those tools in your toolbox, then you're able to pull that out for yourself and others. So I'd love for you to give us some examples on how this has impacted your life with your relationships, your children, how it allows you to be more impactful as a leader and a family member for the people. That was probably the biggest like holy crap moment when this was getting unpacked for me. It was like, oh no. Like I realized in that moment that I only spoke one language and I and I was missing the mark with my kids a little bit, even though I was a really good tactical mom and they never, like I always had crap handled. I did, but I didn't see them necessarily for who they were. And it was unintentional, right? We don't get it till we get it sometimes. But it was in learning about myself that I realized that I have two kids that are motivated very differently than me, that are fearful in very different ways than I am and from each other. And so this is kind of one of those humbling moments is like, God, for 14 years, I've been missing the mark. And no wonder my son feels anxious when he's around me because he feels like he can never live up to my expectations. And when my daughter feels that intensity, she bolts. And and it was this really humbling moment. And, you know, I started learning about the types. And, and obviously, by the time they were 14 and 15, I never put a test in front of them. I didn't even talk about the Enneagram, honestly, for the first five years I was using it. But I knew what motivated my son. I did. And I knew what motivated my daughter. And start, I, so I just started speaking as if to them, to benefit them. Like, obviously, I motivated and fearful different. But especially as a parent, like, in order to build credibility and trust, not just with our children, but out in the world, people need to feel seen, heard, understood, and valued for who they are. And I'm sorry, even as a mama, this is the most crucial, crucial thing you can do if you want longevity and if you want them to seek you for wise counsel rather than out in the world through places that won't have their best interest at heart. And so you have to have this humbling moment of like, oh my God, I've missed the mark and I don't know what I'm doing. And you have to get really curious about what motivates your kids, especially when it doesn't line up to what motivates you. That's really, really challenging. But that also takes you back to when my daughter was four and why I was so triggered by her. Because she's motivated by freedom and, and anything's possible. And of course, I would love more of that in my life. But because I'm not wired that way, instead of like embracing that for her, I was trying to box her in and make her more like me for a moment. And that, that's a surefire way to lose your kids, like, or to have them confused. So if you start getting curious and like, like you said, you've got a four-year-old, obviously you're not sitting any kid down for an assessment, but I've helped a lot of families and moms specifically understand who their kids are just by, you know, giving you more things to look for. You can see behaviors and usually because we're so busy being multi-passionate moms, usually what we get triggered by are the behaviors. But when you realize like, what's the motive behind that? What's the motive for their acting out? What's the motive for their neediness? What's the motive for their rebellion? What's the motive? Like, what is the reason behind that? The more that you get curious about that, the more your child will start to really understand that you genuinely want to know them. You're not trying to make them you. 
It's really hard though. When you only know one, one way to go, it's really, really challenging. But I know that if you're a listener right now, it's what you want to do. Humble yourself enough to know like, okay, I'm not going to try and make them me even if this is really, really challenging. Well, I think you just do it subconsciously, right? Like, I don't think you go into conversations and you're like, oh, I'm trying to make my kids me, but subconsciously, because that's all you know, and you haven't been given the tools or the resources to know what's different, you're doing that subconsciously without even knowing. So then when you start to have the tools and be aware and you're like, okay, because each Enneagram type and each subtype has pros and cons, right? And there's things that we want to improve on and things that are really our superpowers. And I love hearing you talk about often your superpower, sometimes when used incorrectly, is also your fault, that you, your kryptonite that you need to improve on. So I think having that awareness and that knowledge allows you to be like, oh, okay, it's not that I'm trying to make my kids like me, or it's not like I'm trying to make my partner or my employees or anyone else like me. It's that I wasn't aware till now all the different things that aren't me and the benefit of those and being able to look into it. Because so often, I think if you're not exposed to this, you don't even actually understand why that person's different than you. You're just like, why do they not understand what I'm trying to explain? Or why do they not want to operate this way? And here's the really cool part about this is like, like you just said, like we all have our own individual superpowers and that superpower can become a kryptonite. When I think about my kids individually, especially when they were younger, my son is very empathetic and super sensitive. And of course, I'm tough ass, you know, Enneagram eight and thinking strength is like the measuring stick. But for somebody like my son, it's, it's about being loved and appreciated. And I would try without unintentionally and subconsciously doing it, trying to toughen him up, which like his superpower is compassion and empathy. Now there are ways that that is very dysfunctional in his life, but he's going to be like, why would I ever want to squash the very superpower that makes him him? Well, lack of understanding, my own judgment on it, envy that he's got something I don't, right? There's a multitude of things. And same thing with my daughter, her anything's possible mentality. I used to just judge her as though she was unfocused and all over the place and and all the things. And in fact, like when I would try to like box her in, that was really harming her creativity and her enthusiastic visionary in her. I'm robbing her of her visionary spirit. Do I understand it all the time? No, because I'm not wired like that. But am I open to harness, helping them harness that superpower and make sure it's a superpower? Hell yes, I am. And what happens along the way is they start showing me how I can use those gifts in my life if I'm open. It is still very triggering and it's still very humbling because then we realize, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing all the time. And this is the beauty of this gift in your life when you can humble yourself enough to know that the very thing that is frustrating you about your child is also their superpower. And trying to just stop the behavior because it's annoying and triggering, you're going to rob them of them feeling confident in their superpowers. Because then when I think about my superpowers, there were times that I shut it down, whether it was dysfunctionally through alcohol or food or other things, or I would overcompensate and swing to the other end of the pendulum in ways. We don't want to rob our beautiful kids of not feeling confident in their own superpowers because they happen to be in the, the kryptonite part of it that's triggering the hell out of us and we're trying to squash it unknowingly. And what I just realized with you saying that too is when I think of me as a mom, the things that are my superpowers that I know make me a great mom also in ways are the things that make me a not great mom and have to like position it in that way, but learning about it and just looking at that. 
Yeah, you don't have to be emotionally, like pulling out the shame stick, honestly, will just keep you more stuck. So I'm just going to let you know, like, this is probably the greatest gift of the Enneagram is it allows you to look at first yourself with some compassion. And, you know, being the eight hole, I mean, the Enneagram eights are called assholes a lot of the time. And I get it. Like, I do get it. And there were times I used to like that because it's like, it would keep people away from me. But now I look at it through the lens of compassion because shame will just keep you stuck and and just use this as a compass. It's like, okay, I understand why this part of my child really bothers me or triggers me. And like you said, I understand why this part makes me a really good mom, but this is where it might have its downfall if I don't know how to harness it in a more compassionate way. You know, being just tactical mom is great for safety and security, but it's not real great for nurturing and comfort and feeling like protected some ways. And so learning how to do both is really a powerful tool for the toolbox when it comes to the Enneagram. I love that. And I know that it changes how we utilize the tool, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit, like, can the Enneagram numbers change or evolve over time? Like, can your actual number change? And a question that I get a lot from community members when I talk about these tests is, what about my mental state when I take it? What about if I'm in this certain place? And I know when you first learned about it, you were in a very pivotal part of your life. I'd love to learn how that shifted for you or maybe other people that you've worked with and whether there's a mental health piece involved or just in general, growing up, kids, any of that. Like obviously extreme mental health things, extreme. I think that this can be clouded. That's extreme, like off the charts kind of stuff. And this, like what you said is exactly why all those online assessments are inaccurate 65 to 70% of the time because depending on the compartmentalization that you're kind of taking this assessment in, wanting a certain answer, we can manipulate it. You know, those online assessments don't have enough intelligence to kind of decipher what your state is and what's going on in your life in order to discern, boom, here's your your thing. That's why, you know, my assessment and and my blueprints are 95% accurate because they kind of get you from all these different angles angles and they find the holes in how you're answering things to deduct that. But to answer your question, I believe our Enneagram type absolutely doesn't change. I believe, you know, back to that intuition and that that nervous system, I believe that you're you're uniquely designed. Absolutely. But but then we get into life and that that expression of who we are designed to be absolutely changes. And so evolution can absolutely change the divine makeup and divine blueprint that you were assigned. I don't believe does, but the expression of it absolutely can. And there are ways, you know, dysfunctionally and high functioning in how we can change that. Like I've always been wired this way. I know that. And how I showed up as a child in my home looks very, very different. The expression of it looked very, very different than it did out on the playground. Then put me in romantic partnerships. It showed up a whole different way, but it was still all rooted and motivated in the same way. The cool part about understanding the framework that's connected to your Enneagram type is, is you don't feel like you're switching all these hats all the time and being a different person. I'm the same person, whether you see me on a stage like you have or sitting on a couch with me or, you know, find me at the grocery store. I'm consistently the same person. Now, the energy I bring to a situation might change. The expression of that personality might change, but it's all rooted in the same stuff. And what, what is really cool about that is, is you, you aren't as exhausted. 
all the time. I do know every single day when I lay my head down on the pillow who the hell I am. And for 40 years, I couldn't have said that. I didn't know who I was from day to day or who you wanted me to be. Like, do you want me to be this person or do you want me to be this person? And I adjusted accordingly to whatever gave me independence or significance or certainty, depending on what center of intelligence I was playing in at the time. But knowing exactly who you are and and all the things, this also benefits you financially, especially if you decide to go into business or to work outside the home, if that's something you want to do or work in the home and do something. You know, when you can elegantly flow from in my office to, you know, even though my kids are in their 20s, they still have real adult stuff come up where they need wise counsel from mom. I don't care that I'm not changing diapers anymore. Like bigger kids, bigger issues for sure. And you know, I can be on a call here with you and then five seconds later, one of them could walk in with a real life situation that if I'm just pulling off different hats all the time, by the end of the day at 51 years old, I'm going to be so tapped out. I'm going to have nothing left and my adrenals will be shot and all the things. But because I know who I am day in and day out and I can flow through that, again, it's not changing, but the expression of it absolutely can it's why I have the energy that I have to do all the things that I do. And I know as mamas, like energy is a valuable resource, a valuable resource. And so your kids were about 15 when you started utilizing this tool. And what I'd love for you to talk about, I hear a lot from the women in our community. It's like, I just wish I had so much of this when my kids were younger. And I am so grateful to be tapping into this where I'm at in motherhood. But I you didn't have that when your kids were younger. So I'd love for you to talk about that transition and how it's great to wish that you had this younger and be like, oh, that would have been nice, but that is only going to serve you for that one sentence. And then you need to let that go and move forward and utilize it now. I'd love for you to talk about how do you make use of what you have now and stop focusing on what you did in the past? Well, that like, again, shame serves no good. Regret serves no good. I believe very strongly when the student is ready, the teachers appear and it could be a tool like this. Quite honestly, had I had this tool before then, I would have used it to manipulate. I would have. I would have used it in a totally different way. So although could I have saved some stuff along the way? Yes, but I was meant to learn the things that I've learned. And I'm going to tell you this, mamas, my kids are better because of me not having it because they saw the difference. And and I can, if you were sitting on a call with them right now, they would say exactly the same thing, not just because it's a good thing to say, but they wouldn't have wanted it done any different either. You know, they have their own divine blueprint and their own divine calling on your life. And if you really want to manufacture and manipulate their journey, then yeah, we could stay in the past and regret. Like, honestly, they have their own design for their life. And maybe you weren't supposed to have certain things at the time you weren't supposed to so that you can teach them from a different place. Honestly, where we learn the most in our life is through the polarity and through the complex stuff in our life. That's where we find the biggest growth and the biggest lessons in our life. So who are we to rob our kids of that? That's kind of what I want to say to you now if you feel like you have so much regret or guilt or shame around what you didn't know until you knew it. You know, where you do have a responsibility is once you know better, you got to do better. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. But having shame around it will just keep you stuck in it. So I will say that. So as a mom not having this information, I was going rogue all the time. I had no, it was like, 
I'm just like throwing a bunch of crap up the wall and hoping something sticks. And, you know, even though on paper, like I had shit unlocked, like I knew interpersonally, I was not the best for them at the time. And it was because it was my way or the highway, or it was all because of my ego and what I know, again, subconsciously had no like conscious, like manipulation of this. Like I wasn't saying, you know, I grew up in that kind of home. It's like, do as I say, not as I do. I didn't want to do that, but I didn't know any different. And, you know, if you are here listening right now, this is part of the student is ready and the teacher has now appeared and be gentle with yourself. I didn't know what I didn't know. The generation before me clearly didn't know what they didn't know. And we are all doing the very best we can. None of us decide to have kids. And you, and you know, we're going to say, you know, my goal in life is to fuck up my kids. Like none of us ever, ever want that, including our parents, including my own alcoholic father. Like that was never his intention. Now, we do, do hold a responsibility of true I didn't set out to mess with my kids or not be a great mom for them, but I do have a responsibility to understand who they are so that I can lead them best, period, end of story. This is where you as a mom have a responsibility. And that means being humble enough to say, I don't know everything and I'm okay if the Instagram, Pinterest world sees me and judges me and and I don't care because you're about to create a legacy that is built on character and love and compassion and empathy and grace and service. And if you're so fixated on what the outside world might think of you, you're doing yourself and your family a disservice. So I think part of the reason why the timing was right for me to understand this is because I was humbled enough. I was humbled enough to know I don't know what I'm doing and the wreckage is about to pile up on my own kids and I don't want that. And I know mamas, all you want is what's best for your kids and sharing part of your story with them age appropriately without burdening or making them feel responsible for your happiness, your growth or anything, I think is really a beautiful way to build credibility and trust. And even with the younger ones, like letting them know certain things on an age appropriate level and them seeing the human part of you, not just as mom and and the leader of, you know, the household or whatever your dynamic is, you know, I'm, I've been a single mom for 15 years. So like I get like you're everything sometimes if you're a single parent, but it's that humility factor. And I think when we're humble enough, that's when the, the teachers show up. And even if it's just a tool, like seriously, I'm glad this wasn't introduced to me sooner because I would have done some damage with it, not just in my home, but everywhere. And I think it's so good to have that. But one of the things I love about you and the business that you created with this is once someone has that information, they may have questions. It brings more questions than sometimes answers. And you need to dig deep and have that support. So I know your podcast brings so much information. You share so much on Instagram. But outside of the Enneagram, I know you have a really great network. And because of the network I've built, I've been able to be introduced to you and so many people that help me lead my own life and learn these other tools and learn these resources. You had a very successful business prior to being introduced to the Enneagram and you built a lot of that alone. And you were single momming. You didn't have this tool yet. I'd love for you to talk about how did you show up for yourself and your business and others? And where did you get that inner strength as you also then overcame challenges and, you know, had your decision to go to rehab, then found these tools. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about those harder days, those harder moments and not having the support at times. And then now that you have this network and this resource, that's great. But what was before that like? 
Yeah, that whole like lone wolf complex that I had, you know, that's where like that superpower and kryptonite kind of are in bed with each other, right? Like, because it is my superpower that I am so independent and resourceful and can do things on my own. Honestly, it's great. But it, it seriously left me like clawing my way through life. And like, I can get away with it in my 30s. Yeah, sure. I've got the adrenaline and the hormones to support that. But you, you start peeking up in your 40s, you will crash and burn. Your body will say, peace the hell out. Like, sorry, sister, but like, you're mistreating me here and I can't keep doing it at this pace. And I think that, you know, building, I mean, I built a business with my ex-husband and then, you know, we divorced and and I still had it and that was not a great situation. And, you know, most of you are probably too young to have really experienced what that recession looked like 15 years ago now. I mean, I was in my early 30s when that was happening. That was really, really hard as a newly divorced mom as well. And so that's kind of where all that independence and resourcefulness was starting to become the kryptonite because I was under extreme stress. This is understanding the polarity of your superpowers versus kryptonite. I didn't know that then. And I, thankfully, I was young enough to get away with it as long as I did in some ways. But like I said, I was crashing and burning interpersonally all over the place. I was hurting people unintentionally, but I was. I was creating fear and anxiety in both of my children unintentionally, but I was. So it always comes back to really compassionately taking a hard look at yourself. And if things are going wrong in your life or in a way that you don't love, you have a responsibility, a huge responsibility in that. It doesn't mean to pull out the shame stick. So Obviously, I didn't want to feel shame, so I would just keep strong-arming it, right? That's one of my gifts, but it's also not holding myself accountable. And for those of you that do turn to shame, right? Like that won't serve you either. It'll keep you from taking action. So really always being open to looking yourself in the mirror through the lens of compassion. It's like, okay, okay, this is what this is what it's doing. And yeah, I didn't have a network and I did that by, by design a lot of the time. Or the network I had around me honestly would never call me to the carpet. They would never challenge me. And I liked it that way because I like to be in charge. Right. And it wasn't, it was then that, you know, kind of, I decided to get the tools in the toolbox and unlearn everything that I had that not only did I not have a network, anybody that I did have, I wiped out. And so I started with just my kids. Literally, I realized also that a lot of my family, although they're amazing and beautiful, very highly dysfunctional and not willing to change that. And that's okay. That's their journey. I'm not here to tell them how to do that, but I'm also not going to co-sign it, right? And so starting with no network, but only the tool of the Enneagram and a, a commitment, an unconditional commitment to the process and remaining consistent in building this muscle each and every day, it's when I started to stand in that authentic truth of who I am with compassion and empathy and grace and service, the network followed. 10 years ago, I had no social network, none, and built an entire business without one because of this tool, because I was able to stand in who I am. And you know it as well as I do. You know when you're around authentic people, not just people who say the right shit, because the energy doesn't have a poker poker face. I can write all the greatest copy in the world, but if I'm full of shit, I'm going to read right through it. And you guys know it too. Some of it's really good. I got to say, I'm like, damn, I wish I could write copy like that, but I'm not full of shit. Right. (laughs) 
I mean, more power to you that can do that. But you guys know the energy doesn't lie. And when your energy is on point, you will attract the network, period, period, end of story. And so over time, I couldn't focus on the fact that I had no network. I had to focus on the fact that this is who I am and this is who I am designed to be. And this is, I'm going to continue forward as though it's already happened. And, you know, sometimes for those of you that do have, you might not have a big business social network, but you have a network. Now I'm going to ask you this, is the network that you have in your life cluttering up space so you don't even have room for the network you're wanting? You have to make room for that network to come in. You can't, it's, it's not like a, a, an asshole boyfriend that you keep around waiting for Mr. Wonderful to show up. Mr. Wonderful can never show up if you have taken up time, energy, and space with, you know, asshole boyfriend. Same thing with your network. I'm not saying they're bad people, but like if they're blocking exactly where you want to go, I don't care how many events you go to, the network can't show up if you haven't made room for them. And so the benefit of starting this with no network was, as I was in my true authentic self, and working on it consistently, committed every single day. And because I had made room for it, it's why when the network started to show up, it came in by the thousands. Thousands, you guys. And I'm an introvert by nature. I don't love networking. But because I was true to who I am, that energy is like a magnet. I promise you. But you have to make room for it too. You have to be in your truth and in your authenticity. And you have to make sure there's room for it. And so that might come with some hard conversations and hard decisions to make. But do you want to be the very best you you want to be? Absolutely. It's required. With great reward comes great responsibility and much is required. I love that. I could listen to you talk all day. I would love for you to just tell our listeners if we're going to talk about how you specifically can support them in just a minute. But outside of where I highly recommend that they do tap into and get support from you, if they were to get off of this podcast today and take one step towards just being a better version of themselves, more aware, being able to even audit, do they have space for that network to come in? How are they acting in their circle of their family and anyone else and showing up for themselves? Are they using their superpowers or their kryptonite? What is like maybe a prompting question or an evaluation that you would give them to get off of this and just be a little more clear with who they want to become? Yeah, you know, I've, this is the beauty of being over 50 at this point is I've experienced a lot of life. And I've experienced pretty much everything you can experience. I've experienced death of parents, of people I love. I've experienced divorce and recessions and downturns in the economy and alcoholism in my family, as well as, you know, addiction of my own and all of the things. And what I would say, first of all, make sure you're going to ask yourself this question only with kindness attached to it. Like where in your life are things not where you want them to be? Or where do you think you're missing the mark as a mom, as a partner, as a friend, as, you know, a woman? And what is the thing that keeps you up at night or wakes you up out of a sound sleep? What is it? And again, not to be piled on with shame. It's like, okay, what am I most afraid of? What am I most afraid of? If, if this, if I'm actually going to change this, why haven't I? It's because you're afraid of what it will cost you in order to do that. Because if we're being really honest, if we're taking a look at our life, let's say it's your marriage. Let's say it's way you're showing up as a mom or, you know, fulfillment. If you actually are honest with yourself, like I said, you're going to have to do something about it. And that may come at a cost, not just financially, but relationally or energetically or, and 
And honestly, like it's one thing to know better, but if you're not going to do better, it's, it's going to be really, really hard. But I know if you're a listener of this show that you have big dreams and you, you know you're here for a lot and you can be a mom and more and it doesn't take away. Like I've been a working mom my entire life. I have. And there are beautiful benefits that now I've been a really great working mom the last 12. Like I was a working mom, but I was very like all over the place for the first part of their life. But then it takes radical honesty with yourself. Are you really willing to do what it takes for you to be the best version of yourself? Because you're going to be confronted with some hard truths about yourself. And are you going to meet them with compassion? Or are you just going to give it a bigger reason to stay stuck there? Like, Do you really want what you say you want? Because when you speak, the universe can deliver. And when you are full hell yes in that, it you will be challenged. And, and it will be delivered in a way that you did not prepare for, did not want. I knew 11 years ago that I wanted to change my life. I knew that I wanted to do something different professionally. I knew I wanted to network. And I wasn't prepared for what came. I wasn't excited about what came. But I trusted. I trusted that, okay, this is package it's showing up in, right? You can't just want the present. You have to be prepared to deal with the package it shows up in and then move forward. But along the way, you're going to be triggered and it's going to be scary and it's going to be uncomfortable. And the framework of the Enneagram can help keep you back on track, even when it's hard and scary and unknown and you're blazing a trail that's never been blazed in front of you. It's scary, but that's what leaders do. That's what leaders of the home do. It really, really is. And you're paving a new way for your family and for that legacy that you're leaving with your kids. So you know, that's why I love the Enneagram. It keeps me, it gives me framework to keep me on the path when I want to go rogue, when it gets really uncomfortable, when my ego wants to take over, when I'm in the kryptonite part of my relationship. The framework of the Enneagram helps me stay back on the track and keep moving forward with a lot of grace, with a lot of grace. So how you can start that is honestly get typed properly. And like I said, I mean, if you want to go at the slow and, and start the discovery process, by all means, I'm not saying you have to fast track this. But if you're somebody like me that has made their mind up, I want to grow and you want the information, you want it to be right so you can use this tool, like getting typed properly is number one. Honestly, my assessment is 95% accurate, 100%. Like, I swear to God, I've tested it thousands of times. I've three, three in my, my multiple, multiple thousands of people I think have come up inaccurate in my assessment. But start there. Now, if you're going to go at it slow, listen to my podcast. You can start learning about the types. You can look at the motives of all the types. But we all have blind spots usually that are, you know, there because of the experiences we have faced or what was taught, told or modeled to us. So sometimes even the most self-aware people have a hard time seeing through that. So having the right information will at least give you the the roadmap for you, the right one. Because imagine, like, Imagine the Enneagram just like a GPS system, right? And you're like excited. You're driving to San Diego. You're like, yeah, I'm going to be at the beach in five hours. But you look up and the next thing you know, you're in Denver. And although Denver's a really cool place and the mountains are beautiful and the crisp air is amazing, that isn't where your soul was calling you to go. If you are just taking one of those online assessments that give you the wrong information, you're going to keep ending up in Denver when, you, when your soul is calling you to San Diego. And so 
this is the GPS that kind of keeps you on track. And when things kind of get sideways, like you might have to reroute sometimes. That's that's part of life. And the framework of the Enneagram takes into account the reroutes that come up in your life and, and how to navigate that and what they look like. There's all these different components that are connected to your core Enneagram type, but you got to get it right first. So I'm the person for that, for sure. Yes. And I want you to talk specifically about the blueprint that you've offered because there's a couple different ways to work with you. And I'm super excited to dive in deeper with you myself. But the blueprint gives you kind of that starting base. It gives you that map and it allows you to not just get your type, but I believe you said it's like 75 pages of in-depth evaluation. There's different steps that you can take to start acting in your superpower and maybe ways to be aware of where it's becoming your kryptonite. All of those different things. I know when I got typed by Tracy, I was sharing with her, I was so grateful to get that type more accurately because when I took the online free test, I got three types that were exactly the same. I was ended up more confused than understood. And then when I met with Tracy and she gave me the insight, I felt like I literally had the tool that I had been missing in so many ways of my life because I was like, oh my gosh, I completely understand not only why I act this way and why I want to be received this way by others, but also why other people are receiving me this way. And it gave me so much insight. And you can dive deeper and go into different layers. And maybe you're brand new to the Enneagram and this is a great way for you to start. And maybe you're aware of it. But I believe if you haven't received this framework, I actually just had a friend that had someone come in with a an in-depth framework too. And that was great. But I don't know what it is, Tracy, about you and the way that you deliver the information. But I haven't seen it done in a way that's so impactful and digestible and layerable for every single person. So I'd love for you to specifically talk about the blueprint because it's such an accessible way for people to dive into this world. Yeah. And and this is a beautiful thing about me being an Enneagram 8. Could I have done something earlier? because it's scalable or all the things. Absolutely. But the eight in me would not do something that I wasn't willing to put my name on. And it's why it took me 11 years to bring you the blueprint because, you know, yeah, you can plug in artificial intelligence onto an online quiz and boom. And But I, I'm not about sending you on a, a roadmap that's not for you. I'm just not willing to do it. So that's the good news. So you know with what you're getting with me, it's straight shooting, no bullshit. And it's true. It's true. I could have made a hell of a lot more money sooner, but I wasn't going to do that. And so through my assessment, first of all, you'll get typed properly. You absolutely will. And then you'll receive your own customized 75-page blueprint, which I have spent years, years building because I am the integration specialist. I'm not an information teacher. Like information doesn't equal transformation. And honestly, I think so many of you take in so much information that you become confused. And so I wanted to give you a blueprint that was almost like a guide, not just information that you're going to put in a, a, a inbox or a folder in your computer or even print out. I have mine printed out because it's like a guide. Like, oh, when I'm under stress, this is what looks like. Let me, let me look at that. Yep, yep. Check, 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 check. And how to navigate out of that. So within your blueprint, the first 30 or so pages teaches you about the Enneagram, the, the different framework attached, there's things like wings, which are like the superheroes in your Enneagram, where you go under stress, where you go under growth, how to use both of those numbers. So you have four like Enneagram types connected to you and knowing how and when and where and how to flex those is like the maximization of growth. That's why getting typed properly is really, really important. 
also understanding what that instinctual response to life is. That that doesn't get taken into consideration in any of those online assessments, and it's why most of you are mistyped. So that's all in the blueprint, how to use the Enneagram, how not to use the Enneagram. All of that is packed into this beautiful, beautiful blueprint that you can use as a guide. And just like any guide, like we don't read, like if you've gone to Ikea and you go to the showroom and, and you see all the furniture, it's like, ooh, that'll look so good in my house. And then you bring this box home and it's got a 400 page like instruction manual, like, oh, that, it feels like impossible. Right. And, and I know that sometimes with something like this blueprint, it can feel like a lot of information. And it is, but you take a little bit at a time and you start integrating it in your life. Like, okay, read this, take a step forward, read this, take a step forward, read this, take a step forward. Like for you to take a step forward only when you think you have it figured out, you're missing the whole damn point. And so these blueprints are from somebody who loves integration because integration is where transformation happens. It's where we, we feel the feel the full human experience. It's where we get to acceptance. It's where we do transform our lives. It's where we do completely change the lineage and the legacy that we're leaving behind in our families. So this guide can help you build the muscle because it's just like any muscle. We don't decide we want a J-Lo booty, go to the gym one time and pow, there it is. This emotional muscle that the framework of the Enneagram can help you build is only through consistency and unconditional commitment to the process. Now, obviously having the ultimate guide in me can help you accelerate what that looks like. Absolutely. Just like any guide, any coach, this happens to be my specialty. I can help you accelerate the growth of this muscle in 90 minutes, probably more than 10 years of me just taking in the information could have done. So if you're somebody who is like, I'm here for it, I want it, go book a 90-minute session. You'll get typed properly, you'll get a blueprint, and you'll get the guide. But if you just want the information, you can just go do that too, and it's super, super valuable. And then you can listen to the podcast and start taking step by step. But that's the first step in really using this tool to grow you and in turn grow, grow your family the way that really you're designed to. Gosh, I am so excited and definitely know that I'm just getting started with being able to use this tool in my life. And I am super excited that Tracy has agreed to not only offer this to the world, but to allow our listeners to dive into it with a special rate and a special code. So we're going to link all that below, but I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit, Tracy, and also how else that we can connect with you, where you're at on Instagram and all the other places. You can find me on Instagram. I'm not the greatest like I said, information content creator. But when I am there, I will just straight shoot you and how this can, like what's in it for you. I'm always a, a with them kind of person, like what's in it for you, not what's in it for me. So you can find me on Instagram, Tracy underscore O'Malley or the podcast I have. It's called Lead with the Enneagram. So it's all things over 300 episodes of all things Enneagram and leadership in your home and in your life. So you will receive 10% off of your your own customized Enneagram blueprint, what happens is, is you say, yes, I'm here for it. You go to tracyomalley.com, the work with me section, and you'll have a few different options, the blueprint, the 90 minute session, or if you want to be in like this beautiful experience with me for three months of day in and day out, understanding how to integrate this in all area of your life, you can do that. That's by application only. But once you decide, I want my blueprint, you will get a special email from Megan, who's my right hand. She's an Enneagram too. She's amazing. She's been in my life for nine years now. And you'll get a very customized link for your assessment. And then once you take that, I review it because I, I still want to make sure they're accurate. It's why 
you know, I take a lot of time in this. And within 72 hours, you will get your own customized blueprint with all the details on what your core Enneagram type is, what's connected to it. And then if you, if you're like, okay, like this is great. And then you go down the rabbit hole and you still feel like you want somebody to guide you through it, then you can do that too. But Honestly, like just having the right information is the the biggest thing. And I guarantee you can have that with me. Yeah, I really could not speak to this enough. And for literally less than like a nice dinner out, you can change your entire life and how you interact with everyone. So I cannot wait to dive. I've already taken the assessment, but I can't wait to have the other people in my life take it. And I can't wait to hear if you take the blueprint or you just got so much value out of this episode, please screenshot send Tracy and I a message, tag Tracy on Instagram. I have binged all of Tracy's highlights. There is so much value in each of those that she has posted in the past. So definitely go tap into all of that. One of my favorites is when you talk about how to support your partner in your different Enneagrams. So you can go to Tracy's highlights and she talks about that and how you may show up in your romantic relationships with different people. There is so much value that this woman provides. And I'm so grateful to have her here and learn from her for my own personal aspect, but also bring her into our community. So just thank you so much for being here, Tracy. If there was one thing that you wanted to leave with our community for them to take action on, and I'd love for you to share that and then something that you're personally excited about or navigating this coming year. Well, the first thing I'll say is just approach yourself with with compassion, just like you would your little child. Like honestly, the way that I look at myself, especially when I want to pull out the whipping stick or the shame stick, right? Because I think we're, we're hard on ourselves as moms, especially. I want you to think how you would approach your four-year-old. You know, I'm bringing you back to the beginning of the story when my daughter was four and all of this came to a head. I would have never looked at my four-year-old daughter with so much shame and you know, conviction and say, like, who the hell do you think you are? So just be mindful that there's a four-year-old inside of all of us that really wanted to be seen, heard, understood, and valued. So approach this as though you're talking to some four-year-old, especially the four-year-old in you. And that's why I keep a picture of my four-year-old self like right here to remind me that whoever's leading this charge is a girl inside of me that really didn't always feel seen, heard, understood, or valued for who she is. So I'm, I'm holding that space for her. And if you are a mom, like the most important child you'll ever raise is the one that's inside of you. So first and foremost, like lean in there. And, and only do this if, if you're willing to look at yourself from that. What I'm really excited about is, you know, over the last decade or so, like I've had to do what I exactly I told you guys had to do. I had to take inventory of who had direct access to me. And I had a, a very humbling, not so fun moment where I realized some of the people that I had in my life were actually energy vampires and they weren't good for me. And although nothing was wrong with them, they're good people, I had allowed certain situations in my life. And so I made room, like I said, I, I wanted the right women in my life to, to be able to hold that space for me and for me not to be in my own ego unknowingly. And so I had to make room and that was really painful and created a lot of conflict in my life. But sure shit, like the right women specifically have showed up in my life. And I'm most excited about being vulnerable and leaning into them because I trust them fully, which is hard for this girl to do. So I'm really excited for what that looks like as a woman, as a professional, because I know these women that I do have in my life that I hold dearest and nearest to me have a wisdom that can help me make a bigger impact with this beautiful tool out in the world because I made room for it. So 
That's honestly, I'm, I'm most proud of that I'm walking every goddamn thing that I talk, everything that I talk to you right here. It's why you do like me because you, you could see right through that if I wasn't. But honestly, it's what I'm most excited for. Plus watching my kids, you know, move into my daughter will probably be engaged by the end of the year. And that's exciting. And watching the compound effect of me walking my talk and doing exactly what I'm saying you need to do here, like what that looks like for legacy within my kids. Honestly, it's, if I died tomorrow, I know that like I'm doing really beautiful things here in this world. And I'm really excited about whatever is next, whatever that is. I'm surrendering to what that looks like. So excited to now be able to be on the sidelines and watch it. Thank you so much, Tracy. Mamas, if you love this episode, please follow Mama Has Goals and Lead with the Enneagram on Apple Podcasts so you always know when we drop a new episode. And please leave a five-star review for both of us. We'd love to hear what your takeaways were. Love for you to go check out Lead with the Enneagram and follow us both on Instagram. I'm at Mama Has Goals and you can find Tracy at Tracy O'Malley. See you next time. Bye.